We're bringing the series that we've been in, Bracing for Impact, to a close with a message called Believing for Impact. In Mark chapter 9, we're going to be looking at one of my favorite gospel stories. Believing for impact. There is nothing that has more impact on our lives next to Jesus than believing and what we believe. And the reason I say that is because we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved. Faith, not works, is the muscle by which we are saved by. When the Philippian jailer called out in the middle of the night after an earthquake hit, he called out to Paul and to Silas. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul answered, believe, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe. So believing for impact begins with believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Our lives are forever impacted when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our destiny is impacted as we go from eternal death to eternal life. Our citizenship is impacted as we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Believing for impact begins with believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But that's not where believing for impact ends. In fact, that begins a life of believing for impact. And when I say believing for impact, what I mean is that believing has impact on how we live our lives. Believing has impact on the circumstances of our lives. Believing changes things. It changes things. And we're going to look at that and let's look at one of my favorite accounts. Mark chapter 9, we're going to read from verse 14 through verse 29. little background. Jesus took John, James, and Peter up to the Mount of Transfiguration. So they've been gone a little while. The remaining nine disciples are on the the plain, and that's where we come in verse 14. And when they, that is Jesus, Peter, James, and John, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I have brought, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And Jesus answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy And he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. 
And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. May the Lord bless to our hearts the reading of his word this morning. You know, when I read this story, I think about the suffering that this father and his son had experienced. But as a father, my heart goes out to the dad. I would rather suffer than see my kids suffer. So I think for this father to see his son, and we don't know the age of his son, but for him to see his son be tormented by a demon must have been unbearably difficult for this father. And so this father heard about Jesus, and he mustered his faith, and he brought his son to Jesus. But when he got there, Jesus wasn't there. Jesus was on the mountain with three of his disciples. And so verse 17 tells us that the father is left with the remaining nine disciples and they give it their best shot. They try, and by the way, these are not, these are not, these disciples are not people who have never cast a demon out. We see chapters earlier that they have gone from town to town casting out demons, but they give it their best shot and this demon does not budge. If I'm that father, my faith is taking a hit at that point. I mean, I think his, he came with faith, he came with hope, but when he gets there and he watches the disciples try to cast out the demon and fail, it must have taken a toll on the father's faith. So much so that by the time Jesus arrives, the father's faith is wavering a little bit. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I know I have. The father's faith is wavering a little bit. And so Jesus says, what is going on? There's an argument. We're not even going to get into that, but there's an argument going on um, about this. <clears throat> and Jesus says, what's going on here? And the father says, I brought my son and a demon possesses him, has made him mute, has throws him into the fire, does all these terrible things. I asked your disciples if they could help. They couldn't. If you can do anything, have compassion on my son. Have compassion on us and help us. 
if you can do anything. Now, Jesus then repeats, he echoes the Father's words, if you can, if you can, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, sounds more like uncertainty than confidence. It sounds more like unbelief than strong belief. If you can do anything. I don't believe Jesus is angry. I don't think he's offended. But he doesn't want the dad to stay in this place of lacking faith. And, and I want to just encourage this. Jesus doesn't want us to stay in that place either where our prayers are, God, if you can do anything. Okay, because I've been there. I've prayed those kinds of prayers. I may not say those words, but the God, if you can do anything about our financial situation. God, if you can do anything about my marriage. God, if you can do anything about my sick child. God, if you can do anything about. Listen, it's good that we're praying. But Jesus wants to address our faith in the same way that he addresses this father's faith. He's not going to let him stay there. He's not going to let that moment pass. He doesn't want us to stay there either. And so he addresses the father's faith and he says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Believing for impact. I want you to notice with me that Jesus doesn't say all things are possible for God. He says that somewhere else, but that's not what he says here. He says all things are possible for one who believes. Jesus is encouraging this father to believe, to believe. Here's what Jesus, Jesus does not, he's not looking for an orthodox confession that yes, I know God can do all things. He's saying, do you believe that I can do this right here, right now? That's what he's asking him. It's one thing to believe God can do anything and he's doing all things and all things are possible out there somewhere. It's another thing when it's like right where the rubber hits our lives. And that's what Jesus is after. Dad, do you believe all things are possible right here, right now? Do you believe I can do this? I love, this is why I love this story. I love the father's mixed confession <clears throat> um, where he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I love this guy's honesty. <clears throat> because I can relate to him. Part of him believes Jesus could heal his son. Part of him has seen this demon outlast everything they've ever thrown at it. And his faith is mixed. Throw into that <clears throat> that this dad wants to see his son healed more than he wants anything in the world. 
And he's had his hopes rise up on numerous occasions and even recently with the nine disciples and then watched those hopes shattered. He's a mix. He really does believe. He really has unbelief in his heart. I could totally relate to this guy. Jesus helps his unbelief. By the way, he, Jesus helps his unbelief in the best way possible. With a word, with a word, he casts out that demon, sets this boy free. It's a tough fight. The boy's left looking like he's dead. But Jesus raises him up and he's fine. Totally healed. Totally set free. I suspect most of us in this room, most of us watching online, could say the same thing. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help when my belief stumbles. When it's not as strong. What I want to do in the closing moments of this message is to, because the goal of this message is to stir in us, kind of like last week we looked at stirring, considering how we can stir, provoke, love and good works in one another. This message is like stirring a stronger faith, a belief to believe God, a confidence, a trust in God, in our circumstances. And I want to give some suggestions, some encouragements about how do we grow out of the unbelief and into a stronger belief. And I want to make it really clear, um, I'm not coming at this, I'm, I'm not coming at any sermon as the grand master who sits on the mountaintop dispensing words of wisdom. This is where I struggle, folks. This is one of those areas where I struggle. I totally get the dad. Over my lifetime, I have had moments where my faith has been strong. And I have seen more answers to prayers than I can count, and I've forgotten most of them. Because God has answered so many prayers in my life. But I have also had times where my faith has struggled, wavered. I've had so many times, and in fact, I tend, I tend to pray in the God, if you can do anything, theme. The, the, the heart, I'm, I'm talking about what's in here. The heart posture where our prayers are kind of like God, if you can do anything about this and if you can do anything about that. We may not use those words. So I want to share a few steps that I believe can help strengthen our faith and help us to believe for impact in the situations in our lives. And not just in our lives, but to touch other people's lives as well. The first thought I want to share <clears throat> is this. Whatever it is, bring it to Jesus. Whatever it is, bring it to Jesus. That is the first, that is the most important step. This father brought his son. He brought his heart. He brought his deepest desire, his deepest pain to Jesus. And that's where all answered prayers flow from. That's where all healings, deliverances, provisions, power, miracles all come 
from Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Think about all the gospel stories. The woman who touched the hem, who had a bleeding disorder for 12 long years, been to physicians, spent all her money, no doctor could help her. She comes to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment. Think of the two blind men who are on this road and as Jesus passed by, they're calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. What do you want? Please give us our sight. Or the leper who said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. They came to Jesus. Think of the four friends who brought their paralyzed friend. They get to the house where Jesus is teaching. It's so packed, they can't get him in there. So what do they do? They climb on the roof. They rip open the roof. I think roofs were different back then. And they lower him in. Jesus is there teaching. All of a sudden, this guy comes lowering in. They brought him to Jesus. That is the most important step. Their faith, and by the way, in so many of those cases, Jesus said to them, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. And they'd be healed. But here's what Jesus doesn't mean. Their faith had the power to heal them. That's not what he means. Their faith brought their need to Jesus, and Jesus responded by healing them. Faith has, does not have the power to do anything. Faith is not where the power is. <clears throat> Jesus is the power. When our faith brings our need to Jesus... That's when the power is there. Bring it to Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus can do anything. <clears throat> Faith is simply the muscle that grips his provision, his power, his grace, his answer. So I want to encourage you, whatever's going on in your life, and I mean whatever, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. You can't go wrong bringing it to Jesus. You cannot go wrong bringing something to Jesus. At our men's meeting yesterday, I mean, we were talking about faith, and I think we all tended to agree, see if you relate to this, that we tend to want to do things in our own. We tend to be self-reliant, and I can take care of this. We, we tend to do that. Believing for impact begins with bringing it to Jesus. That marriage that is struggling, bring it to Jesus. That child who is rebelling, and you don't know what to do, bring him to Jesus. The financial need that's crushing you with worry, bring it to Jesus. Whatever's going on in here, in your heart, <clears throat> some of the biggest battles are not something people can see. It's, it's in here. Fear, loneliness, depression, discouragement, insecurity, pride, arrogance. Bring it to Jesus. You say, why would I bring arrogance to Jesus? So he can kind of kill it. <laughs> bring it to Jesus. And by the way, we don't need to come and bring it to Jesus with a perfect faith. Be like the dad. Jesus, I'm bringing this to you. And I have belief, I have faith, and I have unbelief. Help my unbelief to change into belief. That's what he's asking.
Bring it to Jesus. My second suggestion is related to this. It's a variation of this, and it just came to me while I was driving yesterday. I want to encourage us to have a four friends faith. A four friends faith. Just like, remember the four friends who brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus. I mean, what friends they are to care that much. Don't you want to have friends like that? Have a four friends faith. Let's not forget to carry other people to Jesus in prayer. Encourage them. Pray. Let's carry our spouse. Let's carry our kids. Let's carry our friends to Jesus. Let's carry that stranger you met and talked a little bit with in the grocery store to Jesus. Let's even carry people who don't like us. And I know that's impossible that anybody wouldn't like you. But let's carry even the people that maybe don't like us, maybe don't treat us well to Jesus. Let's carry them to Jesus in prayer. Let's especially carry people who don't believe in Jesus to Jesus in prayer because like the paralyzed man, they can't carry themselves there. There are people in your life who do not know Jesus. There are people in my life who don't know Jesus. Let's carry them to the Lord in prayer. Lord, would you open their eyes? Would you open their hearts to believe in Jesus? Remember, the greatest impact is believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that he might cleanse us and forgive us and change our destiny for eternity, give us eternal life as a gift. Pray that for your friend. Pray that for your enemy. Pray that for your spouse. Pray that for others who don't know Jesus. But I want to just say, let's not pray that with a Lord if you can do anything in Bill's life kind of attitude. But God, would you touch Bill? Would you open his eyes? Not, not a, hey God, if you can. I know it's kind of tough. But God, you can do anything. Would you save my friend Bill? Would you open his heart? He laughs at you. He mocks you. He says he hates religion and all that. But God, you are bigger than that. Would you melt his heart? As I remember, the apostle Paul was pretty down on Christianity too. I mean, he was going around killing Christians. And you know what happened? Well, nobody brought him to Jesus. Jesus brought himself to him. Knocked him off his horse. Blinded him and said, you're going to serve me the rest of your life. Paul says, Everything else I had before that is like dung compared to the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. Let's have a four friends faith. Third suggestion for us is faith is a muscle. You use it or you lose it. Faith is a muscle. The disciples came to Jesus privately and they asked, why couldn't we cast this demon out? I want to read from Matthew chapter 17 because in the same story, he includes a little bit more of what Jesus answers. In verse 20, chapter Matthew 17, 20 and 21, he says this, because of your little faith. Why couldn't we cast this out? Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. 
Jesus diagnoses their problem. Their problem was little faith. Little faith. And Jesus tells them, faith is like a seed. You plant it in the right ground. That can grow stronger and bigger and flourish. Jesus says, you need to plant the seed of your faith in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. He's talking lifestyle here. He's not saying if a demon were to, you know, and I know this is a little like uh, visionary, but if a demonic oppressed person came running through that door, uh, that is not the time for me to say, hey guys, let's, let's take the next couple weeks fast and pray and then we'll deal with this. It's you deal with it right then and there. So what Jesus isn't saying is they should have said, Dad, we'll be back in a couple of years. He's saying it's a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, of digging in, of becoming soil in which faith can grow stronger. So that when the challenges come on this magnitude, your faith is stronger. Faith is like a muscle. It's, it's not like you've got faith and it is what it is and it will always be what it is. Faith is like a muscle. It's like your muscles. You use it or you lose it. The more we use it, the stronger faith grows. If we don't use it, it grows weak and it does kind of atrophy. And we may not even notice. Have you ever thought about how strong is your faith? And I'm not talking about faith in Christ as your Savior, although... That's also something we want to make sure we deepen and establish and root ourselves in our confidence that Jesus Christ is a marvelous Savior who has saved us to the uttermost. Like, I don't want to have a weak faith in it. I want a strong faith in it. But how, how strong is your faith? How strong is it? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. I'll tell you, I don't think mine is anywhere near where I, it, I want it to be. We may not even notice it growing weaker. We may think our faith is strong. And I uh, stopped going to the Y sometime around October. I'm going to blame it on the holidays. But I just stopped going. And uh, finally tried to pick it back up last week. And... Uh, I didn't feel any different. I went in there and uh, set up some weights for bench pressing. I was amazed how much ground I had lost. Tried to do a few chin-ups. I should have gotten a clue at Ken's house. When we were helping to move, they were doing a pull-up. And uh, I shouldn't have gotten a clue. Man, I'm losing ground fast. I mean, I'm deteriorating. I didn't feel any different. But man, you can lose. Faith is that kind of muscle. If we, if we don't use it, we're going to lose it. So I want to encourage us. Pray for the things going on in your life right now. Pray for them. Big and small. And as you pray, stir up your faith. Stir up your faith to believe God to answer those prayers. Ask God for specific things and believe that God will give them. Now, we're going we're gonna to temper this a little bit in a moment because God doesn't always answer our prayers exactly the way we want him to. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask God for specific things. 
that we shouldn't believe God for specific things. This father asked Jesus to save his son. The blind man said, please give us our sight. Sometimes we lift a prayer up to God and we see an immediate answer. Sometimes we lift up a prayer to God for days, weeks, months, even years. Before God comes through, Jesus says, keep praying, keep praying. God answered a prayer recently that I had been lifting up to the Lord for several months. I can't go into the specifics, but it was a burden on my heart, and I didn't see how the Lord could lift it and change it. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he did. Lift that prayer. Lift that burden to the Lord. Jesus says, keep praying. Persevere in prayer. Until you get an answer. And sometimes that answer is no. But faith is a muscle. Use it. Use it. Last point. Believing for impact even when God doesn't answer the way we want him to. That's impact too. Amen? And that can be some of the best impacts in our lives. Believing for impact means that we actively believe Jesus for answered prayers, but sometimes those prayers are answered in ways we don't expect. I want to encourage us. Faith isn't a way from getting a way of getting from God whatever we want. That's not what faith is. All right, faith isn't a way that we can twist God's arm and get him to give us whatever we want. There is a, a teaching on faith that leads us to think that um, faith is a a way to uh I don't think it's too strong a word to manipulate God to do whatever we ask him. And if we have enough faith, he will do whatever we ask him to do. There is a teaching that says basically God wants us to kind of have perfect health and perfect wealth. So you just name and claim it. And if you have enough faith, you're going to be healthy and you're going to be wealthy. And if you aren't healthy and you aren't wealthy, it's because you don't have enough faith. Maybe you've experienced that teaching. And um, the extreme versions of that are, in my estimation, quite unbiblical and lead us to unbiblical and lacking compassionate moments because um, if somebody doesn't get an answer, that's what the flesh would want, what you'd want, you know. Uh, you just you didn't have enough faith and that's a painful thing to hear when you're in a situation where you're praying for something with all your heart and God says gives it a different answer faith is not a spiritual law that even God has to obey God doesn't have to obey anything all right Faith is not a way we get from God what we want. Faith is a way we go to God and we ask him. And then we submit our lives to his perfect will. And sometimes God gives 
beautiful, powerful answers. And we get that joyous answer to the prayer we've been lifting up to God. And it's a testimony of what God can do. And sometimes God's answer is to say no. I love you, but I'm not going to give you what you're asking. But I will give you grace to sustain you through this. And that is a testimony too. And some of the most powerful testimonies I've seen has been sustaining grace in the midst of a trial or a hardship. When God says no, I want to tell you this, when God says no to your prayer, he wraps that no with love, with wisdom, and with grace. And he delivers that no with all the love and all the knowledge of what's best for you that the infinitely wise God has. And that has tremendous impact on us too. Prayer is always valuable. But I'll tell you what, prayer becomes more enjoyable and more powerful when we stir our faith up to believe. And I, uh, I want to remember that personally. I want to remember that personally. To say, God, please do this. Please do this. Please save this person. Please provide for this family. Please heal this sickness in this person I love so much. Please, please, please. And God answers those prayers. And sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says yes. Both are testimonies. And both we thank God for. Nothing is impossible for Jesus Christ. I want to share one last uh, thing, and then I'm going to ask Tony to come on up here because I want us to close with the song we opened with. Um, I want to encourage you to share testimonies. When God answers a prayer, share them. We were talking about this yesterday at breakfast. Share those testimonies. Share them because they can encourage someone else to go to God and ask God. When someone else's faith is like, God, I believe, but help my unbelief, and we share, this is how God met me. This is how God answered this prayer. It can stir up in us a sense of, of faith and encouragement. I'm encouraged when I hear someone else tell me about how God met them and answered prayers. So let people know. Let people know. Share your testimony. What's on your heart this morning? What's on your heart this morning? Bring it to Jesus. If you've been bringing it to Jesus, keep bringing it to Jesus. If you need help with unbelief, be honest with the Lord and say, help my unbelief. Believing for impact leads to praying for impact, leads to living for impact.